<laughs> so, um, beyond bread, uh, <laughs> what we're talking about is the month of Elul. And in Elul, it's the preparation time. You have like 30 days. Technically, you have 29 days. It's a month that always has 29 days as opposed to 30 in a typical Jewish month. And what you're doing is you're preparing for the fall feast. Rosh Hashanah comes up, Yom Kippur, and then, of course, also the Feast of Tabernacles comes up just after that. So, a whole bunch comes up, and all of that is about repentance, right? And preparing to meet with God. So, it's this massively important month. And in, a, in the realist sense, if you can get your brain off of how our calendar works, uh, the biblical calendar, I think functions better in my brain if I think of it as two six-month calendars, right? The oldest calendar as part of that is called the civil calendar. It's 5,781 years old, almost 82, and literally began at creation during the fall season, and this calendar is still used the count years in time. Uh, the other calendar of six months is the religious calendar. It began at Passover 3,500 years ago at and uh, when we were redeemed from slavery in Egypt. So it was a different kind of creation when Yeshua Jesus also was crucified on Calvary at Passover. So that one changed times and none other is because if you think back 2,000 years ago, we see B.C. and A.D., right? So, again, it smashed the calendar then. So it enabled us to be born again, more importantly. So here in America and around the world, the Gregorian calendar is how we determine everything. It follows the movements of the sun. Very different than the biblical calendar, which is a, a one that's on each cycle of the moon. So it marks the dates of feasts and festivals and fasts and holy days. And, and all of those God did on the fourth day to in, teach us to encounter him in repentance or to thank him for the harvest and his blessing. So this whole calendar concept, huge thing in the whole history of, of everybody in the whole world, but especially for the Jewish folks, these two calendars are much like two parts of a poem. I like to think of it. It's like a reverse mirror image of each other that are separate but kind of connected to each other. So they don't really move in a cycle like one after another to make a full year. Instead, they transition slowly when the last month is this period of introspection and some fasting usually. And in the winter that happens, during Purim, which is about 30 days before Passover. And at the end of summer, it happens uh, in two big events. One of the things I talked about last week was the 21-day fast called the Three Weeks, and this month of Elul, which is all about preparing your heart. So it's an unusual time. And one of my favorite parts of the month of Elul is this beautiful imagery of the king is in the field. You know, you just say that and it gets exciting. In other words, God is drawing near to look closely at how you're tending the fields, the specific blessings and responsibilities that he's given you. So I'm talking your family, we're talking your job, your life, all of these things, the decisions that you're making. You know, if you happen to be buying, you know, have bought a house and got married and <laughs> have a baby, all of these things are converging on you. Mm -hmm. All of these things you look at and you probably will have a very thankful heart through the month of Elul just because you can see so much that God is stirring up in your life right now. Mm -hmm. So Elul is definitely when you're preparing to meet God for judgment, but he comes to the field to be the most approachable he could ever be. So 
we can truly know him in his mercy. So it's a type or shadow of Yeshua, Jesus, coming to earth to walk among us. And even a more beautiful shadow of the 30 days he walked the earth following his resurrection. Uh, the resurrected king was in the field, so to speak. And think of it this way. You know you know that one day judgment is coming, right? And he's been sitting on his throne. So when he leaves the throne, in a sense, he, he takes away the judgment where he's going to bring so you you see him from a different play he's no less the judge it's just he walks and he leaves the place of judgment so what do we learn from this well we're in turn to show mercy and forgiveness to others so one of the things that's a big part of this month of Elul is teshuva or turning back around to face him that's what the word teshuva turn around back to face him and of course if you say teshuva that means well clearly if you're turning back around to face him that means you've turned your back on him, right? Mm. That's bad. But it's shown not just by repentance, but also by intentionally finding ways to do good to others. It's, it's and again, uh, probably the biggest word in there is intentionally. Finding intentional ways to do good. So during Elul, Torah study and prayer are the focus because they're both associated with the verse let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. That's Song of Songs or Song of Solomon 1-2, which alludes to God's words being in one's mouth. Now, Sabbaths, holy times, are compared to a lookout tower. Now, in, in Israel, you can find towers in a lot of places. They're for multiple purposes. They're watching for enemies. Uh, they give you a higher perspective, right? You rise above and you're still working, but your labor is now above and you're seeing things from a higher perspective. Sometimes you're looking for, to watch for an enemy that would be coming. Other times, you're just looking over your sheep. You're just watching things from a better perspective. So, this is a time to be nurtured, to allow him to fix what's been broken and to nurture his back into a place of health and prosperity. So when we talk about going, you know, going to church or these quiet times, these Sabbaths each week, there's things and that have just been recorded in our life's history that are now incorrect because God has come and dealt with them. You know, uh, one of the things you'll see, I think probably will, next week we'll send it out, but Corey has written uh, this beautiful article that's a part of the newsletter this month. So we're going to mail it out and also email it out. But it's just a beautiful story of life and the challenges and the overcoming and of the unexpected. <laughs> Is God going to do it? Mm. You, you, you sit there waiting. Yes, he's going to do it, but you don't know until he does it. And then yeah. he does. And so it's that, that's that kind of thing. When you're, when you're trying to look back and go, okay, I need to forget that thing because I felt that way because, you know, I, I felt like God hadn't shown up yet. I didn't know he was good. But see, mm -hmm. there's, there's scars and there's junk that, that we have to then lay out and let him finish moving that out of us because otherwise we just hold on to that and we have this weird quality in the back of our minds. And I think all of us do that. We just mm -hmm. kind of hold on to stuff. Uh, there's accusations and condemnations that people do to us, others, and, and we do it to ourselves, that they just have to be removed. And mistakes that need to be reconciled. God wants to rewrite our story, mm -hmm. your story. 
and he wants to change the way we see it. All right. So all of that is set apart for this month of Elul. That's what he comes to do. He's in the field. In other words, he's in your house. He's in your neighborhood. He's in your car. He's in your world and land. And he's there for a purpose. And the purpose is really, really good. And here's a couple things he says. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. And he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. You'll find that in Isaiah 55. Psalm 139 says, Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if any wicked way is in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. It's some beautiful, beautiful things. One of the cool things that God did in these feasts and fasts, Jehovah established these so we can encounter him in a practical way so we can discover his delight for us. To teach us how to be in Jehovah's presence both now and for eternity. Since the Israelites first arrived at Mount Sinai as rescued slaves from Egypt to meet with Jehovah at the first Pentecost, it was 3,500 years ago, and decided he was just too scary to be that close to. And that was so sad. God has been continually trying to show them that he is for them and doesn't desire to destroy them, but to marry them. That's what God's doing with all of us. Well, since being with God in heaven is real as shown by Rosh Hashanah, that's what that's about, we need to live like it and prepare for it. Since a final judgment will happen one day for every person, and that's shown by Yom Kippur, or Yom Kippur, we need to live like it and prepare for it. And since we're going to reign with Yeshua, Jesus, for eternity on the new earth, as shown by Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, we need to live like it and prepare for it. So this whole month... It's going to get you ready for the things we'll teach you about in come September, right? Mm. And uh, we're going to talk about this parable of the king is in the field and what you're supposed to do with your field. This is a hugely significant year called the Shemitah. And we're going to talk about that coming up. I love all these words. I, <laughs> you can't make them up. I love these fun words. <laughs>